wonderful in the evenings, always just in this worship and that, just to hear why we come together and why we are here. And it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. I don't know how you are during the week, but when it comes to the end of it, sometimes we forget that. I forget that during the week (laughs) when I'm sitting dealing with customers. I forget that actually it's all about Jesus. So it's wonderful here to come and get just a fresh input on the on who he is and why we are here. It's because of him. Could you guys just be seated? I just want to share a couple of things. Some of you know we're doing the Bible college at the moment, so I feel pretty jam-packed sometimes by the Bible. But um, I really felt for, for this week just to do something on a topic that I, I think we don't often talk about. It's a bit of a taboo topic in some areas, and yet the Bible spends a lot of time focusing on it. And that is the topic of death. <laughs> For some of us, it's the death of our hair. (laughs) But death is a big topic in the Bible. God never, ever pulls punches when he deals with it. Um, If you look on BBC, there's a, uh, a footage that was given about two Swedish women that were caught walking up the M6 the other day. And they were pulled off. They were walking down the middle and the police pulled them off and tried to prevent them from being on the road. And they deliberately ran out into the road in front of passing trucks. One woman was hit by Pantechnican and the other woman went through a car, was knocked unconscious for half an hour, got up and then sprinted off, punched an officer and sprinted off back into the traffic to try and get hit again. And it's an interesting thing that there's a group of people that welcome death. And the Bible, in a very strange way, deals with it as a, as I say, as a, as a huge topic. Death is probably the most defining part of our lives, apart from our births. It's um, we all, at some point, have to face death. Leonard Cohen, that was part of Ant's generation, way way back, <laughs> said that everybody needs to contemplate suicide up until the age of twenty-five. If you haven't contemplated, if you don't actually go ahead with it after 25, then you've got to stick it out for the long run. And it's an interesting thing in the world today is how much suicide actually happens before the age of 25. People give up. Think that's something that death is to be embraced. And what we know about death is it's inevitable. All of us one day are going to die. I'm, along with Anthony, I'm four days older than Ant. Um, And um, is that we're in the age of funerals. People around us are, um, are, are dying. <laughs> it's a generation. We're now the old toppies, so the old men, the old geriatrics of our generation. And the generation before us is starting to die off. Or, I don't know how many of you here have still got your parents when you're in your 40s. But it's a defining moment. It's a defining moment. It's physical and it's spiritual. It's judgment of sin, the Bible says. It's the price of salvation. 
Do you know, we wouldn't be saved if it wasn't for death. Someone had to die for us to be saved. And death is actually the means to life, to live. Death can be seen in many ways. And I'm just going to read a number of scriptures for you. In Proverbs, it says, There's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but the end of it is the paths of death. In Proverbs 18, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. How many people have had their lives killed by what other people have said about them? Or spoken stuff over themselves and killed off themselves? But those who love it will eat the fruit of it. In Mark, Jesus had to encounter death. He said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful to death. Stay here and watch. He asked the disciples to help him through the time, and they, in their usual style, fell asleep. In John 5, Jesus again, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes on him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but has passed from death to life. And again, Jesus, truly, truly, I say to you, if a man keeps my word, he shall never see death. Paul says, in found in a fashion of a man, talking of Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, and even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. And that's the reason that we talk about death as being a door, death as being a stage, death as being something inevitable. And where it leads to is like it says in 1 Corinthians, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through Lord Jesus Christ. If you have death in your life in any way, there's only one way to fix it. In Hebrews, for this cause, he, speaking of Jesus, is the mediator of the new covenant, so that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressors that were under the final covenant, those who are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. In 2 Colossians it says, sorry, 2 Corinthians, I beg your pardon, this is the test, Anne. But if the ministry of death, having engraved in letters in stone, was the glory which was done away, shall not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glory. In 1 John it says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brothers. He who does not love his brother abides in death. How much do we love that is, gives us life? How much do we love that brings us death? 
So how do we die? How do we think about death? In John 12, Jesus again, he says, Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He who loves his life shall lose it. And he who hates his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. And Hebrews encourages us in saying, Therefore, since we have surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right throne of God. Tozer talks about in the pursuit of God, he says, we can't tinker, we can't mess around with, we can't take lightly what the cross does in our life, what death plays in our life. We have to trust God to do the complete work. In Ecclesiastes, and this is one that I quoted on my father's death. I had a, my father died when I was um, 20 years old. And it was a very hard thing for me to come and deal with it. But when I had to share on his death, this is the verse I used. A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. When you are born, you're just potential. But when you die... It's the end. And what is left is what you've given to eternity. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. For that is the end of all men. And the living will take it to heart. And I really feel that this evening one of the things that God wants us to take to heart is what are the things that we know we need to die to? If you want life in your life, if you want life in your work, if you want life in any aspect of your life, you can bet that something has to die. Some aspect has to die. And the good news is that Jesus died, and there is the notion that it is physical, but it also is transformational. When you die to something, something else is born. When that grain of wheat, whatever it is in your life, you die to, something greater is born out of it. And I just wanted to finish off with what to me is one of the greatest Englishmen of all time, John Donne, um, who was the, uh, I don't know what title he was, the, the curator of um, <clears throat> St. Paul's Cathedral. And John Donne had a fear of death because he thought he was going to die, and he overcame it. And this is this poem that he wrote about it. And some of you might remember it from your, well, some of us will, from our high school literature sessions. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkest thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which is by thy pictures be, much pleasure, then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go, rest of their bones and souls' delivery. 
Thou art the slave to fate, to chance, kings and desperate men, and dust with poison, war and sickness dwell, and poppy or charms that make us sleep as well, and better than thy stroke. Why swellest thou then? One short sleep past, and we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. And I just thought in the context of everything we've done, just to celebrate the fact that death has no hold on us. And I just really wanted to encourage, and I don't know if you want to just bring the, the worship team forward, that um, if you feel there's some area in your life you need to die to tonight, then I really want to just encourage you tonight to say, Holy Spirit, come and do the work. Don't tinker with what God wants to deal with you tonight. Put to death some things. And that, seriously, if you have a fear of death, then let's pray for you tonight. There's a lot of death out there on the streets. There's a lot of death wherever we go. Some people deal with death. If you work in a hospital, you deal with death all the time. But the joyous news of the gospel is that death has no power. Death is dead in the eyes of God.